1: on your friday episode of locked on raptors it's december the 15th which means it's trade season baby we will dig into what's at stake for the raptors in the next couple months ideal outcomes before the deadline and debut a new segment fake trade friday it's all coming up thanks for hanging oh like because I shot i expected to make it so like, i don't shoot I'm trying to miss uh...
0: you are locked on raptors part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: What's going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday, December the 15th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website that don't work so good at Woodley, Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. And of course... You can join the Locked On Raptors Discord server, a great place to be, especially now as the trade frenzy is kicking up. The trade machine will be in heavy use, I'm sure. We got a fake trade sickos chat. We got a general chat. We got a video games chat. They've got all sorts of stuff in there. We'd love to see you in the Discord. Join a little listener community. It's a great spot to be to talk ball. Uh, you can also, of course, find the show for free wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, tell a friend. It's always appreciated. We are also on YouTube. You can go over to the tube, you can subscribe, and then hit the little notification bell, which is a great thing if you're an everydayer of the podcast, which you should be if you're not already. It'll give you a heads up every time the show is about to premiere over on YouTube. Okay, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash locked on NBA and use the code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. All right. It's December the 15th, which uh, in the NBA is a big day because it means that contracts signed in the summer, most of them at least, can now be traded, which opens up all sorts of exciting possibilities on that sweet, sweet NBA trade machine, whichever machine and website you like to use, whatever your preference is, it's all there, baby. It's a playground of trade machinations and that we're going to kind of dive into today as it is again, December the 15th. We are, I think the deadline is February the 8th. I don't know the exact date. It's in February at some point, And we are a couple months out from a pretty pivotal day for your Toronto Raptors. Of course, any day between now and then could become pivotal depending on if they make a move early or whatever. But these next couple months are pretty massive for the Raptors. To me, Ultimately, you know, we're going to get into sort of the ideal things that could happen by the deadline, things that certainly cannot happen by the deadline, and a couple, you know, fake trade ideas. You know, they're everyone's favorite. We're going to debut fake trade Friday later on. But we should just kind of start off, I think, by digging into really what's at stake here. What is on the line for the Raptors? Ultimately, like, this deadline feels almost like the front office oh, – front offices? From Baston. No, front offices – last chance to correct the wrongs of the last few years and get this thing back moving in some kind of coherent direction frankly there are all sorts of different viable pathways here right they could do the tear down to the studs thing and go with the youth and picks movement not my preferred option but it's certainly something they can do There is a sort of in-between ground where they maybe move one of their pending UFA guys, reorient the roster around Scotty Barnes plus whomever they keep, and go forward from there. I think that's probably the most likely pathway here, and maybe the best. We'll see. Um, There's also the one that I would dream of, which I don't think is terribly likely. That we'll get into a little bit later on. Um, Just the way they've painted themselves into a corner, the ideal dream outcome of keeping Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, and OG Ananobi together and reorienting the roster around them over the coming year that seems like a bit of a far-fetched gambit at this point considering the contractual implications of everything that hangs over the raptors right now let's i guess kind of review the raptors status as it sits right now going into trade season uh of course you got og ananobi he's got the pending opt-out he is going to opt out he is going to get a bag Where that bag will come from, anybody's guess at this point. Of course, I think a lot of the fan base would like that to come from the Toronto Raptors. I certainly would not be upset if OG Ananobi were a longtime Toronto Raptor. He's a very good player, a very unique player, who is one of the best defensive players alive, who also shoots 40% from three. He is a really, really hot commodity around the league for good reason. Like, there's a reason there has been a line of teams trying to trade for this dude Further the reporting for many, many years. It might be that the Raptors trade him. It might be that they keep him. But either way, that's a thing they have to parse here. Pascal Siakam, of course, pending UFA. We know this can be extended anytime between now and the deadline. That's a big one. Michael Grange, obviously, reported earlier this week that there could at least be potentially some exploratory conversations about extending Pascal Siakam. And if that happens, like I, I think that's great. I-, I think either way, the prospect of trading Pascal at the deadline feels troublesome to me because I just don't know if you're getting the proper return back for a guy who's on an expiring contract who makes a lot of money like 38 million bucks is a lot to match you got to figure out the right trade partner and then you have to find a team that's willing to give up a lot of stuff for a guy who is going to take some time to work into whatever system he ends up with you know Pascal's awesome he's a better player than OG and but he's not like a glove-like fit the same way that OG. OG fits on every team in the entire NBA. Just no full stop. He just fits. Siakam's a little trickier, and the prospect of paying Siakam his next contract perhaps more tricky to some people than paying OG his next contract, even if I think Pascal Siakam personally, the way his game is built around craft and touch and you know that type of stuff, I, I kind of feel like his game's going to age just fine. He's also only 29 years old, And the aging curve for NBA players seems to be getting later and later in life uh, as the years years go on. We'll see. Either way, that's where they're at with OG and Siakam. Also, of course, Gary Trent Jr. is a pending UFA. He's not exactly covered himself with glory in his attempt to get a contract uh, from the Raptors or any other team. That is up to his liking. Of course, he opted in, I think, thinking he was going to boost his value. Maybe there's still a turnaround for Gary Trent Jr. to come here. Maybe they insert him into the starting five, for example, and have him work off of Pascal and Scotty, two guys he's always benefited from playing with. Maybe that helps. Maybe that informs the Raptors' decision making. We'll see. Big old question mark for me on Gary Trent Jr. But basically, after years of waiting, after years of kicking the can down the road, which look, there's a negative connotation to that. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's perfectly fine. I think in the case of the Raptors, they maybe kick the can a little too far and they're kind of on the precipice of the cliff of the cliff, which is not where you want to be, but either way with the way things have gone here, after all of this time, they've got to navigate a few realities. And again, this is kind of the last chance saloon to get this thing back on the tracks in some sort of coherent direction. They've got to navigate the fact that Scotty Barnes is 18 months away from a likely rookie max extension. They'll probably sign him to it this summer, which becomes a thing on the cap sheet that you can look at. It's coming down very quickly. And, the way the roster is currently constructed is not conducive to maximizing Scotty Barnes. The fact that he's done what he's done this season, despite a tricky roster context, I think speaks to all of the optimism in the world about Scotty Barnes and where he's going. He's really, really good. Now he's shooting 39% from three. It doesn't seem to be slowing down. In fact, he seems to be picking it up. If anything, um, it's a uh, really, really thrilling stuff with Scotty Barnes right now. And everything needs to be about putting the best team around that dude, going forward and the opinions can vary. There can be differing schools of thought on how to do that, but that's what the Raptors got to figure out here is what is the best path, best pathway for us to go and build a team around Scotty Barnes. That makes sense, compliments him, gives him proper running mates, et cetera, et cetera. It just simply kind of has to be decision time for the Raptors at this point because of the fact that they've already had talent drain, right? Like if this was a situation where you just didn't lose Fred VanVleet for nothing in the summer, and you were going into the offseason feeling confident you could keep your pending UFAs, it'd feel a little less dire, but they just cannot have like the double compounding of talent loss by losing one of Pascal or or, or, or OG, who are both more valuable and better players than Fred Van Vliet at this point. Like You can't have that happen. Something needs to give here, whether it's an extension for Pascal, whether it is uh, you know, a, a deal that sends one or both of them out, whatever it is something's got to happen and that i think is uh it's just kind of the reality of it all <laughs> there's just like a lot hanging over the raptors right now arguably they can be the sort of dictators at the deadline too right like this is a thing like they are in a power position as they are the, the team that has probably the two most attractive potentially gettable very good players on the market so while they've kind of maybe balked at deals in the past, and frankly, I'm not upset about a lot of those, like OG to the Grizzlies for like some half-assed picks, not really something I'm worried about um, as a deal they passed on. There's every possibility they get themselves into a bidding war, or they get other teams into a bidding war for one of OG or Pascal at the deadline. It's a competitive league. It seems kind of open. We'll see and i think contenders are going to be compelled to want to try to make moves now also trying to get guys on the books and like the bird rights like they're going to be valuable specifically for og i think um, but for all these guys like getting the first right to give these guys money in the summer and keep them on your team in a league where free agency is dying there's going to be value to that and so i do think there's an avenue here where the raptors come out of this looking all right where they kind of salvage and clean up all the stuff that happened in the last couple of years to put them in this predicament but certain things got to happen. And the, the, the operative thing here is gotta happen. Like something's gotta happen. Whatever it is, we will see. We'll come back on the other side. We're going to get into the ideal outcomes for me. Uh, and maybe just the Raptors in general stuff that like, you know, if it all happens in the next couple months here, you're feeling pretty all right about where the Raptors were headed with Scotty Barnes as the fulcrum, as the pillar, as whatever of the franchise. We'll get to that. We'll get into stuff that simply can't happen later. And then a fake trade Friday, uh, you know, got a doozy, baby. We'll get to that. We'll come up and do that in just one second. Before that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at Dave, one of our new sponsors here on the podcast. At one time or another, we all need a little financial help. That's why Dave is great. Dave can get you cash when you need it, a hand between paychecks, and can help you build credit by settling extra cash advances on time. Dave is the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's the part of the Dave's Extra Cash Account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later So if you're in a pinch, get the help you need by downloading Dave. Download the Dave app today at Dave.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Dave.com slash LockedOnNBA. You get up to 500 bucks in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to Dave.com slash LockedOnNBA. For terms and conditions, go to Dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve member FDIC.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Okay, continuing on here with your first listen of the day. Thanks so much for tuning in. A reminder, Locked On Sports 24-7, baby, go check it out. It's a 24-7 streaming channel with all of the biggest stories from around the sports world, the national shows from the Locked On Podcast Network, the local shows covered by the local experts, all of that. Go check it all out. Uh, actually, when you finish watching here on the YouTube, it's going to direct you right to it so you can subscribe. It's super easy. Go do it. It's fun. Okay, let's get into it. Ideal outcomes for the Raptors over the next couple months. And look, again, ideal. This is in the eye of the beholder, I'm sure. But this is kind of, for me, what I'd like to see or sort of variations on exactly kind of what I'm laying out here. So for me, in like a perfect fantasy world, Sean's perfect fantasy world, Sean's basketball utopia, the front office gets creative, the front office gets ambitious and manages... To extend Pascal Siakam before the deadline and make steps towards reorienting the roster around Siakam Barnes and OG Ananobi, who obviously is going to be a free agent nonetheless. But if you have Pascal Squared away, you can go into the summer with your sole focus being keeping OG. And that would be lovely. It would be a perfect dream world. The thing there is, it's pretty hard. It's technically possible, it's doable. You can keep those guys and have Scotty hit the books the following year and still find a way to be all right. But the problem is, is that it's just it's not the path of least resistance. It requires all sorts of other tinkering around the roster. It requires moving on from Jakob Purtle most likely. It requires finding a way a taker for Chris Boucher. It find it requires moving on from Dennis Schroeder, most likely. It fi- it really requires sort of clearing the decks, getting rid of anything that's not tied down just to recenter things around Scotty Barnes, OG and and Pascal Siakam. And the sort of limiting factor there is how much stuff can you get back for anyone on the team who is not those three guys. And it might not be that much. I think Dennis Schroeder can probably net you a first round pick based on his production this season. If a contender's out there looking for guard help, he was on a conference finals team started for a conference t- finals team a year ago. He feels like the type of dude who could get you a first at the deadline if you really wanted to. Of course, you got to balance. Then you know if you're trying to convey your pick this season to get it off the ledger, can you go into the last part of the season without a point guard? Well, that's hard. Can you gut the roster entirely around those three guys and expect to keep your pick or, or convey the pick? It's tricky. It's it's a hard thing to do. Maybe you keep the pick and that's fine. I think they got to convey the pick and get their picks back in order and just sort of have no obligations going forward once this summer you get to July 1st and it's a clean slate going forward. Either way, what does that look like? Uh, you know, if you're able to keep those three guys again, it requires moving Gary Trent Jr. for whatever you can get. Yaka Purtle, can you find like lesser pieces who fit better? You know, sort of a, a pet trade idea I have is the Memphis Grizzlies where they need a long-term Steven Adams replacement. I feel pretty certain about that. even if he's healthy again next year in the last year of his deal, how healthy can Steven Adams be at this point with all the miles on that body, all the injuries he's gone through? Yaka Purtle as like a piece to pair. Next to Jaron Jackson Jr. All right. Good offensive rebounder. Does some of the stuff that Steven Adams does with fewer elbows. Uh, you know, there's something there. Can like a Santee Aldama, John Conchar package do that? That'll be a fake trade Friday for another day, I'm sure. But that's kind of what you're looking at here. You have to find a way to clear the decks and, and you know, sort of reorient things around the top three. And again, it's not likely that that happens. It's very hard to do the machinations to make that all work and still have a roster around those three guys that makes sense. Yeah, you have Precious Achua, who's looking good. Yeah, you have hopefully Grady Dick, who you hope kind of finds his comfort and gets better in year two, three, and beyond. We'll see. Obviously not been a resounding start for Grady Dick. I'm also not terribly worried because he's 19 years old. But um, yeah, there's, there's just like a lot has to happen for Siakam, Barnes, and OG to be kept together. And those three guys, I will keep on maintaining this. I talked about it on yesterday's show, ran through the numbers, Those three guys ain't the problem. It's the fit around them that's the problem. You can build something positive with those three guys with the right pieces. It's getting those pieces that's the challenge. And you might not be able to get those pieces without moving one of those three, which is a bummer. It really is. But we'll get into an uh, an example of moving one of those three where it could kind of realign things pretty nicely. We will get into that later. Um, So if the dream scenario can't happen, if you can't keep all three guys and move forward and have a sensible, workable functional good roster going forward then you know and that's just kind of that would be on the front office right if you have to move one of your three best players because the other players on the roster aren't good or or ill-fitting or make too much money or whatever that's a front office issue that is a, a huge bungle by the front office it's a mismanagement of talent all that stuff it's a bummer it also feels like the most likely path here because the corner has been painted like they are in the corner now Trying to get over the paint that is uh, not quickly drying. Bad analogy, whatever. I don't know. Uh, either way, if you can't keep all three, then you move. You probably got to move one of OG or Pascal at the deadline, right? Um, I don't think moving both is the call. I would be kind of upset if that was the way. It feels like uh, almost an overreaction, an overcorrection, and it just strips things down too much. Like both Pascal and OG on their own can fit and play with Scotty Barnes. I'm very convinced of that the Pascal Scotty thing in previous years, I could hear the argument for the overlap and all that stuff. I just don't think the overlap is the same as it used to be because Scotty Barnes is doing all sorts of different things this year that ultimately change the context of how him and Pascal interact on the floor. And I think they can make sweet basketball music with one another with the right context around them. Of course, Um, you know, trading both of them just feels a little unnecessary. You still got to have dudes to pair with your rising star. You don't want to be, having Scotty Barnes going into year three, year four, and looking around and being like, I just got like a bunch of 21-year-olds who kind of stink on this team, really? Like, this is what we're doing? I feel like you have to maintain at least one of those two dudes on the roster in OG or Pascal. And I think the arguments for either are pretty sound, right? Pascal is older. Maybe people are more squeamish about his next contract. OG is a glove-like fit on any team, works with Scotty. That's great. You know, that that can work. I think Pascal, for me, is who I'd prefer to keep over OG if it comes down to choosing between the two. I'm less worried about his next contract. I'm also just like a Pascal head. And I think there's something awesome about him keeping on with all these different iterations of the team and having the narrative arc that his career has had. I like that stuff. Call me a Rube. I don't care. Um, I also think the on-court fit with Scotty Barnes can be very, very good. So I'm not so worried. And I think just top end talent wise, see Occam's a better player than OG and OB, full stop. He's a better offensive player. He helps, you know, keep the offense functional in a way that I don't think OG really would in like number 2 man duty. Um either way, it, it, it's you have to at this point looking look at moving one of those two guys and hoping you can get hope you can get as good a return as you can, right? And I think that's why I kind of lean OG as the guy to move over Pascal even though I've told myself countless times to stop talking myself into trading OG and Ananobi. The situation the franchise has put itself into makes it so it might actually make the most sense, even though you might trade OG Ananobi and regret trading OG Ananobi for the next 20 years. I've said this for like three years now, and I still maintain it. But if you're trying to get the most back to build something around Scotty Barnes with, OG is probably the guy to move right now. He's an easier salary to match. He makes like 18 million bucks, so it's easier to get more teams in the fray. Get a bidding war rolling. And I think the combination of young players and picks you get back from him is probably better than Pascal right now. Pascal, you know, maybe the move is you extend him and trade him in the summer. That's uh, an option too, as well, or trade him sometime during the life of his next contract. That's fine. Whatever. Not what I would do, but you can do that. Um, but with OG, like, I, I think he's the guy who's going to get you the most return before the deadline. And so. I, I think that's a thing you got to be mindful of. I also, again, kind of the reason why I wouldn't trade both guys is look fit is as much an obstacle as talent for this roster right now, trying to win basketball games. We've seen when they roll out lineups that make sense, that have connectivity, that complementary have complementary skills, all that stuff. They can be pretty good. They can put together something exciting and you have to bake in. There's going to be progression for Scotty Barnes. He's at this level right now. He's a 29 and six player, on like 58% true shooting, shooting 39% from three, averaging three stocks a game at 22. He's not just going to be this player. He's going to get better. That's what 22-year-olds do. How much better? We'll see, but he's on a pretty intriguing track right now. And you have to work on getting the fit around them being better. And I just think both Pascal and OG can be parts of that solution. And you know, one of the two certainly can be. With all three, again, the the money and the financial, you know, rigmarole gets difficult. But that's kind of where I'm at here. If you can't find a way to keep all three together and totally reshape the roster around them, which is a far-fetched, very hard thing to do, you're probably moving one of them and it might be OG just because you can get the most back for them to reassemble things. And we're gonna get into an example of a trade that does just that, that I think kind of rocks. People do that coming up on the other side as we debut fake trade Friday. We'll also talk about just like stuff that can't happen, certain no-goes over the next couple of months for the Raptors. We'll do that in just one second. But first, got to tell you about our good friends over at Prize picks the single best place to go and play daily fantasy sports. And look, the Toronto Raptors are taking on the Atlanta Hawks tonight, a daily fantasy player's dream. If you're trying to take more on the points projections for Any number of players, the Atlanta Hawks defense gives up lots of points. The Raptors defense gives up lots of points. Now is the time to go do like a full Hawks, Raptors, picking the more on all of the points for all of the players in the game. And you might just come out with some scratch prize picks is daily fantasy made easy and it's the way it should be it's you against the projections provided by prize picks it's that simple you put two to six players into a given entry if you get all six right whether they get more or less than the prize Picks projection then you're going to win up to 25 times your money and that is pretty sweet prize picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games if you got a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second that player is rebooted meaning prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy that's pretty sweet. Go to prizepicks.com and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom NBA for a first deposit match for up to $100 with PrizePicks Daily Fantasy Sports made easy.
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and LockedOnNBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama.
1: Okay, rounding out the show as we set the table for trade season coming up for your Toronto Raptors. Also, just a heads up, next week we will have games to talk about. We will have another fake trade Friday, of course. And Dave Dufour uh, from The Athletic and, of course, the assistant coach of the Georgian National Basketball Team uh, is likely going to be joining the show next week to talk about the Raptors' porous defense. I'm very much looking forward to having Dave on the show. It's been far too long since we had the doof on the podcast. It's like five years probably since we had him. So looking forward to that. Either way, let's uh, dive into just sort of like the big flashing, this can't happens over the next couple months. And frankly, I think that this can't happen is inaction, right? Like that at this point, I have been someone who has preached patience a lot. I think patience in general is one of the most underrated things when it comes to front offices and sports, right? Like we get so eager to make changes and just do trades for the sake of trades the patience has to be done now for the Toronto Raptors. There's no, no two ways about it. The timeline is getting thin with the two, two of the three best players on the team being unrestricted free agents in six months time. You simply have to do something to mitigate that. And that to me is like the number one thing that cannot happen here. You know, also I would say like, Don't go trading first round picks for like middling backup point guard upgrades or whatever. Like if they go and make a move for Malcolm Brogdon, that would feel very akin to the Yaka Pirtle trade and probably drive people to the brink of insanity. They shouldn't do that. I don't think they will do that. It seems kind of untenable. And also they only have a certain number of picks available to them because they currently still owe that Spurs pick out, which has implications for whether they can trade 25 or 26 or whatever on down the line. So, uh, yeah, it's tricky stuff. They got to be careful. I think the only pick they can currently trade right now is 2028 because of the, you know, the Stepian rule and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, that's tough stuff. I don't think they're going to do that. So that's nice. They've kind of saved themselves from themselves, I suppose. I don't think that was ever on the table, but you never know. Um, they, they they just cannot have the cloud of multiple free agents hanging over them once again. Again, they've had a history of keeping their guys In general, I think the idea of the Raptors going into the offseason, retaining bird rights on guys and keeping them, typically has been pretty successful. Kyle Lowry, multiple times. DeMar DeRozan, multiple times. Uh, Of course, uh, Serge Ibaka, right after a trade, made it happen. Fred Van Vliet, two or three different times. Like, they've had success retaining the guys that they want to retain more often than not over the last 10 years, but the risks and the things that are out of your control are just too damn high and too abundant right now for the Toronto Raptors to go into the offseason with both of Pascal Siakam and and Obi as pending free agents. You just can't have it happen. If you go in with one guy as your clear focus, fine. That is perfectly okay, and I think they stand a chance of keeping either guy because they can pay them the most. This just the way it is. So you have a good chance of keeping your guys when you have bird rights, but when you have two irons in the fire, you're juggling multiple hot potatoes, you're at the risk of some team coming out of nowhere, the Spurs, the Magic, whatever team has cap space, and throwing a massive offer and wooing particularly OG who's got uh, you know all the reason in the world to take as much money as he can get right like it's his payday time he's been underpaid for the last four years now three years whatever it's been Uh, it's his time to go get paid and you run the risk of getting Houston rocketed for Fred VanVleet once again you can't have it you have to have at least one of those guys squared away whether he's moved or extended before the deadline and if not I think that is kind of a just a disastrous failure on the part of the front office, and I will be right in line throwing rotten tomatoes and stuff up on the stage whenever the addressing of the the decisions or lack thereof is being made by the front office. Um, lots to happen between now and then. Again, they can totally salvage this. They are they have optionality. They have valuable trade pieces. They have ways out of their predicament. Which brings me to Fake Trade Friday, the debut. Uh, The thing we'll do every Friday between now and the trade deadline where I'm just going to pick a fake trade that I've cooked up in my brain and talk about it. And you guys can all talk about whether it's good or not. The thing is, I'm really good at fake trades. So uh, you're going to have to just uh, accept that. It's a curse that I have a very good fake trade brain and my fake trades are good. All of your fake trades are bad. These are the rules. Um, Okay, so. I'll kick off Fake Trade Friday with a trade and then sort of like a a plussing up of the trade. Have you ever seen Sandwiches of History on Instagram? Follow with Sandwiches of History. It's just a guy who makes sandwiches every day. It's great. He'll do a base sandwich, and then he'll plus it up. So I'm going to do that here with this trade. And again, this is something I've talked about on the show before. I've introduced it before. It's not new. I pitched it back in the summertime. I think it's only grown to make even more sense ever since I first pitched it in the summertime as the New York Knicks have loaded up on guard depth and playing time has been at a premium, RJ Barrett's become like a three-point shooting ace who looks awesome, and contractual implications have kind of cast the future of one of the guys involved here into doubt. I mean, obviously, OG's future also in doubt. Oh, sorry, spoiler alert, OG's involved. Uh, (laughs) It's gotten even more unlikely, of course, because of the dumb lawsuit between the Toronto Raptors and the New York Knicks, but the original trade is OG Ananobi and Thad Young's expiring contract for Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, and Evan Evan Fournier's expiring salary. It's kind of perfect to me. The Raptors get their long-term guard running mate for Scotty Barnes and Emmanuel Quickly, who is really good and is just suppressed because that team has a million guards and there's like a Villanova orgy going on in the backcourt there, and it's tough for Emmanuel Quickly to get in there. He has scored 1.22 points per possession as a pick-and-roll ball handler this season. That is like f- point 0.4 or four, like, yeah, like four tenths of a point more than uh, Dennis Schroeder has done in that same pick and roll ball handler play type. He is of course uh, really good as a just operator of pick and roll. Emmanuel quickly is 98th percentile to be exact as a scorer in pick and roll. He's 37% on catch and shoot threes. You like that? He's 39% on two and a half pull-up attempts per game. That's massive. This team is dying for some sort of pull-up threat at the top of the pick and roll at the point of attack, and it's been so stark to see the lack of Fred VanVleet's space and range and all of that on this year's team. Emmanuel quickly helps address the four and a half pull-up attempts that went out the door with Fred VanVleet. The Raptors right now are attempting like two a game at mo- like They're not a pull-up threat from anywhere by anybody at all and manual quickly addresses that like he is the guy to me this is the guy to pair with scotty barnes if you could find a way to make it happen there are other avenues there's the avenue of like clearing cap space by trading pascal keeping og's cap hold on the books but you know you have cap space in the summer clearing the decks basically throwing a hilarious offer sheet at the knicks that's the most dramatic and fun way it's also the one where they can just match and then all of a sudden your best laid plan is thrown at the door and you've got your roster it's a high 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 risk thing and i don't trust james dolan to not be petty the lawsuit being a very big example of that um to me though quickly is the dude and if you can find a way to make it happen that is such a perfect partner for scotty barnes going forward he's someone who can play off the ball he can He's someone who can play on the ball work in concert two-man game with scotty to me that's the guy he's also a good defender at the point of attack very good defender as is quentin grimes who to me, you know, he's getting he's also getting squeezed by the the Villanova guys, and just like the, the the cavalcade of guards they have over there with the Knicks. Like that's that's a thing. But he's the type of dude that every good team needs. He's a good defender, he shoots threes well. He doesn't have like a high maintenance usage load he needs to be, you know, filling in or whatever. I like Quentin Grimes a lot. I think he would fit beautifully on this team, just as like a souped-up version of Gary Trent Jr., who also plays defense. Uh it would be pretty sweet. And then the Knicks, I think you set yourself up pretty all right, right? Like the Raptors would set themselves up with like a starting lineup of Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Yaka Purtle. That works. Like, I think that's a viable lineup that you can, uh, you know, not worry about having to force a yak deal. I think you can work with that team. There's enough spacing and shooting and ball handling and creation there to really make it work. You pay quickly. He's been reported to want four years, hundred million done sign it without a question. That would be, I think a very team friendly contract quickly, probably worth more than that over the life of the deal. But um, I think if that's what the, what the cost is, you do it. That's no problem. The Knicks. I think it works with OG and it will coming in the door. He would really, of course, bolster their wing defense when you have Jalen Brunson to account for. Uh, and RJ Barrett becoming the player he has so far this season where he can't miss a damn thing and has got a little more wiggle to his game. I think like a Brunson Barrett OG one, two, three in your backcourt as your wing. Like that's pretty exciting to me. That's interesting. Randall's still like the weird sore thumb there, but OG can also slide down and play the four and all this stuff. The one thing this deal leaves the Knicks without is a backup point guard. So. Let's get the real trade out here. This is the fake trade Friday piece to resistance. Here we got on the screen. I'll pull it up. I'll tell for the people out there. The Toronto Raptors acquire Evan Fournier, Isaiah Hartenstein, Emmanuel Quickly, and Quentin Grimes from the Knicks. The Knicks get OG Ananobi and Dennis Schroeder to be their cheaper, you know, cost controlled for another season. Emmanuel Quickly replacement. He is not Quickly as a pull-up creator. But with the shooting the Knicks have on the team, I do think there's actually kind of some... Ways that Schroeder can work on that team as a backup point guard. They got lots of shooting. They got space for days. And I think that's a, a pretty intriguing fit. You know, you have him pick and roll combo with, with Mitchell Robinson. You put shooting around those guys. That can totally be a context in which Dennis Schroeder thrives like he did on the, the Lakers last season where there was lots of shooting, extra creation around him. He wasn't asked to do everything within a tough context of cramped half-court offense. So that's the deal. I think this is like a perfect trade. And yet there's no way it's going to happen because of the stupid lawsuit. And it drives me insane. It makes me very sad. Maybe there's a way. Maybe the deal is so good and like the, the, the front office people, I feel like the front office folks with the Knicks are maybe less like married to the whole blood feud with the Raptors than James Dolan seems to be. Maybe James Dolan goes for an exotic vacation and gets lost in the rainforest on an ATV tour. You pull off the trade while he's there. I don't know. There's got to be a way though, man, because I feel like that trade helps both teams. It clears out the clutter on that Knicks roster. It gives them OG, who's just like an ace defender, who would be a really nice fit on that team next to this new version of RJ Barrett. They would be massive with Barrett and OG as the two and three. I just think it's a deal that, like should happen it's a really good trade I don't know and it fixes so many of the Raptors issues it gives them Hartenstein to be a backup center you can slide him into lineups where Yaka Hurdle's not working because of the space and he can go and play the Knicks seem to just not want to play Isaiah Hartenstein all that much uh, they just signed Taj Gibson to sort of have him run um, with Mitchell Robinson out instead of just giving the keys fully to Isaiah Hartenstein I don't know man This trade gets me so excited about what could be. It's the type of deal that I think sets up a proper roster around Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam going forward. I think it would rock. Let me know, though. Am I stupid? Is it a bad trade? Tell me in the comments. Perfectly happy to hear your your distaste with it. But for me, I kind of think it checks boxes for both sides. And if not for the damn lawsuit, they maybe call it in tomorrow. I don't know. Um, But yeah, the lawsuit makes it so it's probably just a pipe dream and a fantasy and we got to look other ways and we will look other ways on future fake trade Fridays. I promise you that. Okay. That's going to do it. We will leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you again on Monday, breaking down game two against the Hawks tonight. Hopefully a victory. We'll see. Uh, And then we'll get into all sorts of other stuff, I'm sure. Lots of games, lots of discourse, lots of trades, lots of defense talk next week. Of course, we'll have Jamar Hines back for his uh, Thursday every other week appearance. Katie Heindel, Dave Dufour, Vivek Jacob. It'll be a great week. And it's been a great week this week as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you again on Monday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.